if you could break down the percentages of your referrals, what would you generally say is, is the breakdown? Yeah, I would say if I had to just like make a general bucket, I don't have like precise numbers. I'm a data guy, I probably should, but um, about 30% of it is like partnership deals. Hello, everybody, and welcome to How to Scale an Agency. We're going to be focusing on all the ways in which your business can grow and scale online as a digital marketing agency. The digital marketing agency space has never been easier to get into. And on this podcast, we're going to help uncover all the tricks and tools of the trade that digital marketing agency owners are doing today to help them achieve the scale necessary to be wealthy, prosperous, and do good in the world. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the ninth episode of How to Scale Your Agency. I'm here with Jeremy Epperson. He is the CEO and founder of Conversion Guides, and he has successfully launched and scaled multiple agencies in the past that focus on a variety of different things. Jeremy, thank you for having you on the show. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Awesome, man. Well, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about Conversion Guides and what you're doing with that company? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's a consulting firm built around conversion rate optimization. But something that we do that's kind of interesting that other agencies don't do that are kind of in our field is um, a lot of marketing, customer research, customer journey mapping, like helping build growth teams. It's, it's kind of like a weird concept. It's not a traditional agency. We focus on helping growth stage startups to basically kind of move towards scaling and move towards like exponentially growing and using like online channels to help them do that. So when it comes to how you got started, like what was the initial catalyst for starting this agency? Yeah, I was kind of working in like big agency life in the Bay Area for like many, many years and was pretty burnt out on that, actually. <laughs> and, and I wanted just to take a different approach, right? So like I wanted to go out on my own. I wanted to be able to have like full autonomy over like how we do business, like the accounts that we take on and also just have like more work-life balance if I'm just being really transparent. So this has been a pretty stark contrast to like working at a 400 person agency. I mean, even when you work, you know, in like an executive role or, you know, like a senior management role, it's a lot to deal with. So, you know, there's different ways you can start or run agencies. And my preference is doing it this way versus the other. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that. And, and who are your target customers for this agency? Typically, we're working with Series B or even sometimes Series C startups. So usually somewhere like on the low end, like 25 million in revenue and like annual revenue um, up beyond 100 million. Um, it just kind of depends. But, you know, that's kind of the sweet spot where we work with CMOs, where they, they start to have a lot of issues with like siloing. They have issues with large teams um, that they need to get on the same page. There's so much activity in a business at that particular point. And I'm just intimately familiar with how to help companies like solve those problems. And that's kind of the sweet spot for me. When you're working with larger companies, how much do they typically pay you per month? Is it upwards of 10 grand a month? Is it upwards of five grand a month? What kind of range do you play in typically? Yeah, like 10K is the, the minimum. So like we don't go under that. Depending on the client, we custom scope everything. So that can go up to like 25K a month. Don't really do bigger deals than that typically. We're a small team, so you don't have to have a much larger team to to increase those retainers with just the amount of workload you'd have to have. What What's the biggest reason for that? Has it been difficult to find various sources of fulfillment to scale up to do exactly what you do? Or is there another reason? 
Yeah, this is um, so conversion rate optimization is not an inherently scalable thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's you know, there's there's agency models where it's like you can pay like entry level employees to do a lot of grunt work for you. Like with conversion rate optimization, we're literally working with executive teams on like how they're building their business. Even the research that we do, you don't want an entry level employee stepping in and doing like customer journey mapping and customer insights, right? So like it's it's senior level people that have like many, many years of experience. It's there's some manual labor involved in it, manual labor involved in like pulling insights and being able to like work with teams to like change their thinking. So that that's probably the biggest reason. It's also challenging to find people that have those type of varied backgrounds, you know, that have worked in search or worked in analytics or, you know, have a UX background or a research background. Like these are you know, there's 14 key skills you have to have at least some percentage of to be able to do CRO effectively. And there's just not that many people <laughs> yeah. that have all those skills. Right? It takes a lot of time and effort to like get to that point. Yeah. You know, one thing I, I, I'm curious about, so we have studied a lot of larger businesses models and you coming from a background of larger agencies, what we've noticed a lot of times is they'll actually either white label or consolidate smaller agencies that are experts in different things. And even on the micro level, finding consultants who own their own small agency that's in a similar field is a great way to fill the knowledge gap. Have you experimented with anything like that? For instance, have you ever tried to get someone who is an expert in CRO to like manage accounts for you who might actually own their small practice and they want more deal flow or something like that? Or have you found success with employees in the same way? Or is it only like a very niche thing you actually need to bring in like contractors to fulfill on those clients? Yeah, it's a good question. So I've tried different ways. So like full-time in-house people, like teams up to like, you know, 15, 16 people on a team. I've used contractors extensively over the years for a number of different things. So like for CRO specifically versus like, you know, a search agency or like a social agency or something, there's a high technical component of it, design and development resources and like QA resources and things that people have to specialize in. So like I said, like We've outsourced a lot of that. So we've outsourced to like other agencies. We've outsourced certain parts of like our CRO process to contractors. Yeah. So there's, there's different approaches. The last couple of years, what I've been mostly doing is working with freelancers and contractors and people to like backfill on both account management, research, testing, and people that have kind of different skills and different backgrounds, pulling them together in kind of a weird <laughs> like team structure like that. Um, yeah. Now we're really uh, working more towards like bringing a, a couple people in house for a couple of things that we're working on right now. But yeah, there's there's a lot of ways you can do it. What is the biggest supply bottleneck period? Is it the is it the knowledge? Is it is the knowledge the biggest supply bottleneck then? Yeah, the, the knowledge and the resulting issue with being able to find people that have that specialized knowledge. Like like recruiting talent is is very challenging in this niche field. That's for sure. Yeah. One other thing, one of my last questions I have for I hand over to Jordan and Andrew is uh, if you had the knowledge, uh, get other people who had the knowledge and were in the niche field and you could have them work with you, how many accounts of that 10K a month plus could one person effectively manage without any spike in churn or customer dissatisfaction? I target four to five accounts. You can push it up to like six or seven, but you're going to drive people crazy. They're going to work too many hours. Like you said, the quality of the work is going to drop because you have to have focus, especially when you're legitimately driving measurable results like we're, we're held accountable like we have to post numbers so like I, I just don't like compromising on that like 
you know, for our clients' businesses, I treat their business like I would treat my business and we integrate with their team. So it's like really, really important to me that like we do the highest quality work all the time and that we can uh, measurably show growth in like really short timeframes. That's really interesting. Jordan, Andrew, you guys got any questions or thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So you have a really, really specialized service, right? You're doing a lot of really high level work. So very briefly, can you cover your sales process? Like what's your main form of acquisition and what is actually closing the deal look like? Is it a full on uh, multiple meeting to full on presentation process? Yeah, yeah. So the channel stuff I'll do like really quickly. So it's LinkedIn content, it's webinars, it's the book launch I'm doing right now partnerships with um, different technology platforms. You know, like I've, I've worked as like one of the top partners from like Optimizely, Convert, Intellimize, different companies like that. And they need an implementation arm to help like enable teams. So those are a couple of things. We don't actually do any paid advertising. I, I spend zero dollars on advertising and haven't for three years. I've also been doing this forever. So I have like past clients from like six years ago that were like entry-level marketers <laughs> would like work on a project, ascended to being like the CMO of a $50 million company. And they're like, hey, yeah. like I can hire you now. Let's do this. Um, that yeah. actually, <laughs> funny. Yeah, that does so, happen. So that's the inbound. So it's, it's all inbound. I couldn't even comment on like how to do the outbound aspect of things because I don't do it. But the sales process is like, there's a, a true discovery call, a consultative I'm not selling you anything. Let's dig into the real things that are happening in your business. Problem solve. Assess your maturity around this. So we do like CRO maturity assessments. That's actually like, like what I call it. So we're trying to figure out like what's broken. What are you doing wrong? What are the areas for like upside improvement? And that's like, here's all your recommendations. They get that no matter what. Like I actually want to provide value. So it's, it's like real consultative selling. And then I custom scope everything. So about 70% of everything we do is here's the process. You're buying the process because it works. And the other 30% is based on their team structure, based on like the amount of resources they want to put in the project, based on how quickly they want to move. Then we're like custom scoping a couple variables to make sure that it's like a perfect fit for them. And like alignment is the biggest thing for me. Like I, I just like rant about this all the time. Like when you're bringing in somebody to help you grow your business and you want to do it quickly, alignment is really, really important. And that's like one of the biggest things I focus on. For sure. So after you have this discovery call, are you then setting another meeting to present the overall plan of action? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So it's typically like, it depends on the client, right? So like we're doing that discovery call, we're running out the work on our end with my team to like put together like their 90 day growth plan, their CRO maturity assessment, the output of that. We're customizing a scope, like a scope of work. We send all that stuff over to them. We review them with them on the call usually they're just like, this is amazing. Like, I can't believe you guys <laughs> pulled all yeah. that stuff together for us, you know, because this yeah. is like, even if, like, sometimes they don't work with us, right? Like, we don't yeah, work yeah, with yeah, absolutely. And, and they're still like, this has been super valuable. And I even get like testimonials from people and people ping me on LinkedIn that are like, this was really helpful for our team. So, and then if we have follow-up things, there's like the closing of sales and then the onboarding of the project are all like one very defined, very specific piece. Um, for zero, it's really important. Um, we're trying to get tests live within the first week. So we're trying to get on-site tests live within a week of like closing on a project, which is like unheard of. People don't do that really. So we're like structured to be able to do that because we want to show results as quickly as possible. And we want to show the value of like how, how we can rapidly implement. So like that's a big part of it for us. 
So if you could give just like an estimation of your sales cycle, the length of time in regards to the sales cycle. Oh, it's like really fast. I mean, sometimes it's like less than two weeks. Like okay. sometimes it's a week. Like they always want to start right away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, Jeremy. I, I would really like, like our new agency owner listeners to have a real idea of what like a agency like yours who does extremely high ticket sales it doesn't have to be this incredibly complex. Let me rephrase that. It doesn't have to be this incredibly long sales cycle with thousands of calls. Obviously, it's incredibly complex because you're putting out a really detailed plan of action. But yeah, that's very cool to know that it's it's you know around a couple of weeks. So, Jeremy, I was actually going to ask, Andrew took my questions because one of the things I know is that you, from our discussions, you have no scarcity of leads, right? Like you're in a, a very... Um, empowered state as an agency and the thing I'm more so curious about right when you made the leap right because for a lot of agencies it's extremely common people have a w2 they're extremely skilled maybe they're a buyer maybe they're a CRO and there's a hundred there's a million things that it could be and now they make the leap like how are you able to make that leap from having your w2 to starting your agency and starting to build a process to close deals because there's so many talented people that try to do that. I think that do it really ineffectively or just don't know, Oh fuck. Now I don't, I don't have a paycheck. How do I head up all my old clients in a way that works? What was that? What the yeah, for you? Yeah. I would say like, I'm, I'm very big on full transparency. I did not do it well. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I probably would have put significantly more thought and like structure into like that transitional <laughs> period. But, um, uh, but I didn't. So I think there's two aspects of this. Like you can play, I'm, I'm pretty conservative most of the time. I should have played it safe and been like, let me go close a couple deals and like try to do this. But I was just so bandwidth trained and like so stressed out. Um, that I was like, I just can't do this anymore. So I just like jumped in head first. Um, but part of that too is like the feast or famine aspect is really motivating. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, so you, you get five times as much stuff done because you're all in, you know? So like one of my best friends, he always says like, you know, we're, we're burning the ship and taking the island, right? There's no turning back. Like once Burn the boats, baby. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the approach that I took for better or worse. Yeah, I, I really resonate with that. That's something Tony Robbins talks about. If you want to take the island, burn the boats. And I find that a lot of, just even like if we're talking quantum physics or energy, right? So for everyone listening, doesn't know I'm a geek when it comes right. to quantum physics. <laughs> NLP, Speaking my uh, language. But there's, a, but there's a lot of science that actually talks about um, people who like have decision fatigue or like, not decision, um, they're indecisive around their decisions. Should I jump in and make the leap or should I stay in my job? But when you're actually, I'll give you an analogy, when you're dipping your toe in the water, your momentum is leaning where? On your back foot, because you're dipping a toe. So from a manifestation or just law of attraction, like leveraging quantum physics, you're actually repelling leads compared to doing what you did. I've done, I did the same thing. I quit my W2. I think I had $2,000 in income secured. And my wife's looked at me and she's like, you're an idiot. I'm like, it's going to work out. We're okay. <laughs> um, and it did. But, and I think a part of that is because just like kind of opening up the floodgates and being a vessel to allow her deal flow. So my two cents there. Two cents is be a vessel. That's be it. a vessel. Be a vessel. Andrew, get your head out of the gutter. Come on. Yeah. Man. Well, I was going to say the, uh, you know, they actually came with the, uh, the Google, the Google time crystals. Uh, did you guys hear about that? So you got me yeah. thinking about quantum physics now. So just for context, are you are you guys doing uh, above or under half a million dollars a year? Just I mean, 
range? Is oh, it like over? Over? Yeah. Okay. Over. Cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. Where do most of your, like you, you mentioned that you get a lot inbound, right? So I kind of look at referrals as a different, like a spectrum of different types of referrals, right? So where do most of those come from? Are they mainly client referrals? Are they network referrals? Are they inbound for people knowing you on content? Where, If you could break down the percentages of your referrals, what would you generally say is, is the breakdown? Yeah, I would say if I had to just like make a general bucket, I don't have like precise numbers. I'm a data guy, I probably should, but um, about 30% of it is like partnership deals where it's like, hey, we have a customer and we need help. About 30 to 40% is like inbound from other referral, just like random referral sources. It's like other agencies, people I know, like my personal network, past client type stuff. And then a good amount of it comes from like content now that used to come from speaking. Actually, COVID really screwed me because I was so spoiled with going and speaking and, and just generating like tons of leads. I've been a speaker for 15 years. So, you know, like I speak about what I do and people see that and they're like, okay, this guy obviously knows what he's doing. <laughs> it's, it's really valuable. Yeah. And um, webinars and podcasts and like LinkedIn content, like content distribution, like those things just aren't as predictable or at least not for me. I don't know, maybe I could be doing better at it, but um, speaking is like one of the best things absolutely that you could possibly do if you're running like an agency coaching business, anything like that, because people get to see you and they get to understand who you are and they get like a glimpse into like, you know, how you think, which I think is really critical for like buying the type of services yeah. that we sell. If the engagement of speaking is sort of cut off at the moment or is harder, if you had to pick one way over the course of the next 12 months for any new agency owner to generate as many referrals as possible, actually any agency owner just to generate more referrals, what way would you recommend them? The one outbound thing I did is just ping tons of people on LinkedIn and be like, hey, what are you up to now? That actually like got me a few like a few gigs that was enough for me to feel comfortable. And and it's like a pretty short turnaround because it's somebody you know. So like personal network first. Like it's the easiest thing to do. They know you, maybe they worked with you in the past, or they work with somebody that you know that can like say nice things about you. Um that's like the best short-term thing to do, or yeah. at least that's what I did and it like worked for me. Maybe it doesn't work for everyone, but so, um, it's maybe, the easiest thing to do too because it's not uncomfortable. You know? Yeah, I was going to say, maybe you can give the audience a little bit of reassurance. I know sometimes people, when they hear go out and network, they kind of have this thought in the back of their mind that it's not going to lead directly to deal flow, so it's a waste of time. Can you give them some reassurance as to why it's not a waste of time? Because I tell this to people all the time. <laughs> oh, it's definitely not a waste of time. If you just think about like inbound versus outbound in general, like if I'm using paid search and, you know, Facebook ads, first of all, I'm selling consulting. So like who's on their Facebook account looking for a consultant, you know, it's just like not a thing, but um, you know, like the outbound part is like you have consulting and like coaching and these type of businesses are about relationships. It's about trust and relationships and people being aligned with like how you think and like structure your projects. Right. So like you get to skip a lot of steps by, by having these come like inbound or like, I, I guess like, Outreach is, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of it as like inbound because you're just like talking to people, right? So like you don't have to sell, you don't have to hard sell, you don't have to like pitch or come up with like cheesy scripts. You're literally reaching out to people who at least have some knowledge of you. So like a lot of people, one of the things that I've seen with other agency owners is like just the uncomfortableness around selling, like in general. Um, and that just alleviates a lot of that. Like I'm not bothered by it because I've been selling consulting for so long, but like that if you're getting started, I feel like that's an easier way to do it. That's like more palatable for people. Very interesting. Yeah. You guys got any more questions or can we, uh, should we wrap it up here? Just, just a quick add on, right? Like 
and this is how Jeremy, you and I got into relationship the same way. Like you were, you popped into my LinkedIn DMs and my process is to add value, right? So I find when everything I do, it's, I lead just like you, where it's getting on the phone, building a genuine relationship, genuinely seeking to add value. And I know we probably have a handful of media buyers on the call. Like my clients who use this approach where it's value first, I'm genuinely going to give you something that is going to change your perspective, change your strategy, regardless if you work with me, I find it's just the easiest way to lean into it. It's like to a sale because like law of reciprocity and like it, you demonstrate your expertise. So yeah, I totally agree. And, and the counterpoint to that is like spamming people, right? Like doing annoying stuff on LinkedIn where you're just like, Hey, you should get on a meeting with me. That's so annoying. Everyone hates it. Like that's, <laughs> 40% of LinkedIn poster. Yeah. No, it's like the only, <laughs> the only ways to make LinkedIn or any outreach work is to, like you said, give something of value, um, do it in a different way, um, or just generally network. Those are the only ways I've ever seen LinkedIn work. It's like, if you do one of those things, because when you, yeah, when you network it, like it'll lead you to someone who knows somebody who can introduce you to someone. And then it's just, it'll, it, it'll, you'll get, cons- I always tell people, would you rather, would you rather chase after every single new customer or would you rather have one partner who sends you 10 new clients every year? And would you rather acquire those partners every single month? Right. That'd be a much better way to scale your business. So um, thank you so much, Jeremy, for being on the call. Let's wrap it up here. Um, got a couple of questions for you right at the end. Just rapid fire around. Uh, first question for you. What book are you reading a good book at the moment? Any recommendations? I've been producing so much content that I have not. You are the book. Yeah. Um, He's writing his own book, though. (laughs) Okay. Okay. When is that coming out? What what is Um, that coming out? Where can people uh, read that? I don't know. I'm not done with it yet. We have a manuscript. (laughs) We have a manuscript. It's not done. So we're out a couple months. Got it. Got it. One one thing I actually have gone back to is um, Tom Winninger. Mm-hmm. Is, is like actually passed away recently and like he was like kind of a mentor from afar and i met him a couple times like check out some of his stuff it's just so different like he just thought yeah. so differently it's just like mind-blowing like pricing strategies and stuff like that so i actually was like flipping through that the other day because it was you know just something i saw i'm gonna go okay. shelf and check it out again very interesting and how old are you 35 35 um how old is the agency three years Three years old. Little, little over three years. Fantastic. Um, also, you were saying you were doing over half a million dollars in revenue. Um, if you were to value the company on, on let's say, uh, you know, multiple on profit or multiple on revenue, let's say, what would your multiple be? Would you, you know, somewhere to hand you a check, you know, for the amount that you would sell it for today, right? Um, what would what would you value the company at in terms of multiple on revenue? Would you multiply at like three x your current revenue? Would you multiply three uh, x your profit? Something like that? What would you say? I mean, I would definitely take a check for $25 million. I mean, I'm, I'm totally worth it. So um, <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't actually know how to um, answer that. I don't plan on selling. Like, mm-hmm. that's not, like, my intention. Like, maybe that happens when the team grows. And, like, I, I know other agencies have been, like, assimilated into tech platforms. Um, yeah. You know, when, when they got larger and stuff. And, like, maybe that happens. And there's a couple, like, SaaS companies that, like, I would be interested in doing that with because I have so much respect for them. But, um yeah, I don't, I don't even think in, in those terms right now. So right. It's, but if, if you had to, this is more helpful for people out there who are trying to sell. So if you were to like value it, what do you think conventionally speaking, most people would value an agency like yours? Is it, would you think they do 3x revenue, 2x revenue? Like, what do you think? Yeah, when we were selling the last agency, we were looking for like 
5X and that just wasn't something anybody was going to have, right? So I think yeah. three is probably closer to what you can realistically get. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody else has that data better than I do, but that's probably the sweet spot. Very cool. Uh, and then that was actually my last question. You kind of touched on it, but I want to hear it succinctly from you. So what is your end goal with the agency? Uh, what is the goal with conversion guides? Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely like, I believe in like compensating people well in quality of life. So like, that's a big part of like how the agency is structured intentionally. So I don't want it to be a 100 person agency. I don't want to be a 400 person like agency again. Um, we're really optimized more for like impact, like industry mm -hmm. level impact, like right. changing the way that business, like digital marketing teams function internally and like how they approach growing their business. So like, you know, part of that is like consulting, but consulting isn't scalable enough. So that's why we're doing things like courses and books and training programs and speaking and stuff because we want to have that level of impact. All right. And then, and then how can people get in touch with you? Just go to conversionguides.com to the best place. Should they email you anything? Yeah, they, they can definitely hit the site where they can like ping me on LinkedIn too. Like Sounds a lot of people fantastic. like that. Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you, Jeremy, for being on the call. Uh, Jeremy is multiple time founder, multiple agencies, uh, has conversion guides, been able to scale it to over half a million dollars in revenue. He thinks it's valued at probably over 3x revenue. Find him on LinkedIn, ping him, network with him. And uh, if you got any uh, clients who need CRO, please uh, send him his way. So thank you, Jeremy. Uh, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.